Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle, where we share stories from dads all around the world. I'm your host, Alex Alvisu. This is episode 124. I am a big fan of streaming video games. I do it every week over at twitch.tv slash and I love talking to other streamers who happen to be dads, and that's what we're doing today. So today I speak with BJ Kubaroulis, who has brought gaming into a regular activity that he does with his daughters including streaming with them. So I speak with him today about that topic. We met through a mutual friend of ours, Jay Dimes, who you may know from my other podcast, Joystick and Mouse. First, we talk about finding the silver lining in quarantine and how he brought that perspective into quarantining with his family. Our experience in the beginning of this quarantine was, at least for the kids, like a vacation. Next, we talk about the inevitability of social media and technology with our kids. Trying to protect them is one thing, but trying to set up a world that doesn't exist and totally lock them out of it is maybe like regressive and probably not fair because they probably won't be ready for the things that are going to come at them. And finally, BJ shares an incredible example his father set for him. He put three kids through college, you know, on $2 an hour and tips. Here's my conversation with BJ Kubaroulis. BJ Kubaroulis, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Of course, uh, you and I have a mutual friend. And if anybody out there listens to the other podcast that I do, Joystick and Mouse, that is a video game podcast where one of my co-hosts, Jay Dimes, uh, known as Tim in the real world, uh, you guys are buddies. And he introduced us and uh, we hit it right off because we both have similar appreciation for things, which we'll be diving into today. Um, but, you know, without further ado, why don't you do the honors of introducing yourself to the world at home? Yeah, well, my name is BJ Kubaroulis. Uh, I've got, uh, since it's a dad show, I'll, I'll throw them right in. I've got three daughters. So um, Penelope is my oldest. She's almost 10. I've got an eight-year-old Zoe. And then I've got Fiona, who is four and a half and sitting behind me on an iPad right now. Yeah, you can if you hear little <laughs> little noises here and there, there's a yeah, there's a four her. year old sitting right behind him. Yeah, she's on YouTube right now. She's doing everything I said I would never let my kid do before <laughs> I had kids. So and uh, I have a beautiful wife, Danielle. So I'm surrounded by females all day long. Um uh, imprisoned with them, I would say now during this COVID quarantine. And yeah. um I'm so happy and thankful for them, um, which I'm sure we'll dive further into. But did also want to give a shout out to Tim. I, I listened to his episode and um, really good guy. I think it comes through on that show. I, I rarely listen to podcasts all the way through. I, I'm guilty, mm-hmm. but I, I literally listened to every word of that just because he's such a wholesomely good dude. And yep. it came through on that show so. one of the best for sure he he and i used to work together uh a long time ago and and we've been uh we've gotten even closer i feel like these past few years of doing joystick and mouse together and uh you can just yeah i would agree i think you can get a good feel for what type of amazing person he is in that episode of the dad chronicle he was one of the first dads that i wanted to interview on that show when i started interviewing back you know a few years ago when i first started this show so uh so i'm glad that you you found that so valuable if if anybody out there wants to hear it, uh, the perspective of a an amazing stepfather he's got quite a story so and i do want to think about you know your situation <laughs> you talked about being surrounded by women 
uh, first of all, kudos to you. Uh, such a beautiful family, by the way. Uh, how are you? How are you doing right now in quarantine? I have to say, I love it. I know that everybody complains, and it's like popular to complain about being stuck at home. And, and obviously, I, I said that earlier, but like, I have become a homebody even before quarantine. I would say, sort of dangerously so uh we love to travel we love to go and explore and and do that sort of thing but i mean on like the day-to-day i I love being at home i I love being with my kids um you know i I think obviously everybody's had difficulties and um some more than others but for us this has worked my kids are happy with the um stay-at-home schooling um and, you know, the only one that has kind of suffered a little bit would be my my youngest because, you know, she's four and a half and there is no stay at home schooling for her. Yeah. But um, overall, I feel like it's brought us closer together. We've looked for ways to supplement some of the things we were able to do before this, this quarantine. You know, I know we're going to talk about gaming. That's been one of them. But um, it's it's worked for us. Like we haven't had some of the major, you know, psychological concerns that I know some other families have experienced with, with some of their children and, you know, not being able to be around others and and school and and those kinds of things. So I I feel blessed in, in that regard. We, we had an interesting kickoff to this COVID quarantine, um, that made this sort of an experience that I think was not, as challenging or a shock to us at first, I'll very briefly give you the backstory on it. But my actually a year ago, almost this week, actually, in fact, this week, my father-in-law in Florida, uh, 74 years old, he works in HVAC and he was working in an attic at a, at a home, putting in some duct work and, and the entire ceiling came down. He fell 18 feet, landed on his head, uh, and ended up getting severely injured. I mean, he broke every vertebrae from the top of his neck to the middle of his back. Oh, my God. Traumatic brain injury, hole in his head, both collapsed lungs, nine broken ribs. Um, and he was in the um, ICU in Florida. My wife went right away. She stayed for – this happened on March 2nd, 2020. She stayed until March uh, – She stayed seven days, so March 9th, and then I went, and then COVID hit, like that week, literally, like, I was in the ICU with him, and I remember this whole COVID thing was like, boom, right? It was on the scene, and everybody went home, there was no school, I just told my wife, I said, put him in the car, and come here to Florida, and we rented a house, and stayed there for almost six months. So our experience in the beginning of this quarantine was at least for the kids, like a vacation, you know, we had six beaches. We had a, we were surrounded by six different beaches we could choose from. We rented a house that had a pool. So whereas a lot of kids left school and went home and it was like, boo hoo for us, and looking back now, this was like his injury was like a huge, it had a huge silver lining to it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we took care of him. We got him back on his feet. You know, bygones are bygones, and he's, he's doing decently now. But it was extremely stressful for my wife and I at the time. But at least the kids were, like, living. Oh, I'm not saying there weren't any challenges, but I felt like they got to leave home and do something different, if that makes sense. Yeah, and make the best it, of that situation. You know, huge, huge distraction. So um, anyway, uh, that's a long way to answer your question about yeah. how are you doing? But, uh, <laughs> but we're doing know, okay, man. You know, a change of scenery helped, I think. Yeah, you, know? the, you did. I love that story. I don't love what happened to your father-in-law by any stretch. Uh, but, you know, what you describe underneath it all is you guys setting an example of really having this indomitable spirit to, you know, drive, uh, you know, <laughs> all the way down the East coast and make the best of this situation between COVID, uh, your father-in-law's injury, all that sort of stuff. That that's an incredible example to set for your girls. So kudos you know, to you on that. My, I think my that's wife, great. my wife said it, I think best. She was like, you know, I want them to think that this is normal. Like this is what you're supposed to do for your family. Yeah, and and then you know because this is a dad's show, I I think it's good to harp on that point. Like, I hope think that that's normal. Yeah, you know, and I can't say that we would have been able to do it that way, that hardcore, that that sort of diving in uh, without COVID, because obviously we have lives and we have work and school and all those things. But like the world stopped. And it was like this perfect opportunity to go there and do that as a family, you know? Yeah. It's an incredible example of adapting and overcoming. Uh, so uh, kudos on that. That's incredible. Thanks, thanks for sharing that story. Uh, yeah, I want to I, I also talk about another way that you've been handling the the quarantine, and you talked about it earlier. It's gaming. Um, yeah. Video games are something that you enjoy, obviously, but another piece to this is how you're bringing your kids into gaming. And anybody that listens to my shows, anything that I do here, you know, video games is kind of a central part of it. I stream on Twitch, and that's always something that I enjoy talking about. And any opportunity to bring a dad on here and talk about video games uh, and anything surrounding it is is a great opportunity in my perspective. So, you know, with that in mind, uh, why don't you take us through what you did like to introduce Penelope to gaming and start this journey of introducing her to gaming, but then also the streaming aspect. Yeah. You know, so you've got kids and they're in that, that age range of thinking that these people on YouTube who are, I find to be so annoying. They're screaming the entire time, (laughs) but they think like those are their celebrities. Like right when we grew up, and I'm assuming we're around the same age. I'm, I'm almost 40. Yeah. You know, like our like little TV shows, like those were our celebrities. Like if I got to meet anybody from Saved by the Bell growing up, that probably would have been like my moment, right? That was my show. That was my jam. These kids, they want to meet, you know, typical gamer is their guy that they watch. Or, um, you know, also these gamers are kind of like, they're they're people they're um i don't know want to call them role models because not all of them are the best role models but like that's their that's their people that's, that's their celebrity that. so yeah right you know so we've always gamed like it's love roblox you know i i'm an nes guy you know and then went into the 
Sega, and all the stuff, all of that lineage of, of gaming, and now on the Xbox. And, you know, Minecraft is where it started for them. And, and frankly, they got going without me. You know, they've been the driving force behind behind pushing gaming, you know, and, and they've done Roblox and all of those things. Um, but Minecraft, I think, for them was something they watched a lot of on YouTube. And then, of course, because they watched it, they wanted to, to play it. So anyway, um, you know, we're on the Xbox and I've got all these like games that I thought they probably wouldn't be into because they're, you know, mature content and um, probably borderline inappropriate for kids their age. But, you know, they would sneak in and watch me playing like Gears of War or something totally what I thought would be like over the top scary for them and violent. Um, but they kind of thought it was funny. And uh, my wife was like, kind of like, eh. And I was like, you know, I don't know. They're too, they're not having nightmares. You know, I, I can't, I can't say we sat down and had some strategy for how we were going to allow them to experience like these, these older, more mature games, but you know, it just sort of happened. I, I can't say I sat down and I'm going to connect with my kids through gaming. It's just been this organic come together you know Fortnite yeah. is obviously something that they're really into super popular now um but call of duty is another game that i'm into that penelope's really gotten into and as and you mentioned this right like what i do for a living and and how i've developed this streaming element of it you know i <laughs> i'm I, I enjoy doing things with tech and so as quarantine and, and, and COVID have driven us away from these external places. For example, I had a studio in Fairfax where we do like television type work, um, you know, sit around a round table and do sports shows. You know, there was no reason to have that anymore. It's, it's been almost a year since we've been in it. So I pulled that studio apart, brought a lot of the equipment home and I just started plugging and playing and adding and you know, we're at a point now where I've got my Xbox in my office. Penelope's got her, and Zoe too. She likes to play. They've got their Xbox in this theater room that I've set up with a hundred-inch monitor. Uh, what is it? A uh, like a projector? Uh, proje- yeah, yeah, projector nice. on a wall, and it's hundred inches. And you know, it's like they play, and then I've got all these ways of pulling us all together on on a screen and. You know, having them play their screen and I'm playing my screen and it's got their picture, their video up and my video up. And we've got all these different screens on on OBS and they, they just think it's so cool. Like they'll sit back and watch their streams back. And <laughs> that's cool. They become they, they, they like become their know, celebrity. Right. They they feel like, you know, oh, it got a like, you know, that's like the biggest surprise slash reward for them you know they think it's so cool and i i don't know it just it's it's been a really cool thing to be able to build something at the house for us you know versus what i do for a living which is right. broadcasting and um for you know for clients I, I build those systems and you know sometimes for clients and um and that's work i, I enjoy what i do but doing it here with the kids it's been cool. They think it's so cool. I think it's given me a lot of dad points. Heck yeah. You know, when they see me add like a microphone or um, another camera to the setup, you know, they just, 
I think they starting to understand what I do um, yeah, and what I'm good at in terms of my work and my career. So it, it's been really cool, man. Like in a nerdy kind of way, I've really had a good time with, with the gaming. You should see my setup um, <laughs> in my office. I have more screens than I'll ever need um, just because I've, needed something to do (laughs) (laughs) so adding another screen and another laptop and another way of accessing all of that and pulling it all together um i'm I'm running out of real estate to add screens dude i feel you i i can't have enough screens like in front of me right now in in my little corner of the studio i have four monitors and three computers and then (laughs) There's a 75 inch TV over there where I game on, you know, my Xbox and PlayStation and the Switch. I got, I got lots of screens over here, and I feel like I could, I've got extra space on the walls. I can mount right. more, BJ. I can mount more, but, uh, but you know, th- that's why my wife is around to try to keep me reined in a little bit. Otherwise, I spend all our money. Anyway, you yeah. know, I, I wanted to actually return to one of the things that you talked about. You know, they're joining you on streams, and uh, I, I've even caught. I think Tim shared one of the uh, recordings of you and maybe it was Penelope playing maybe uh, Call of Duty or something together. So how do you approach this topic of streaming with your kids? Because, you know, I think there's a lot to consider there and just kind of unpacking it. You know, you have obviously the internet (laughs) being a very toxic place where there's a lot of people out there to do malicious things or say terrible things. How do you approach this responsibility with your kids uh, and, and bring it up with them like as a topic of concern or is it something that you're concerned with? My wife and I are totally different um, people when it comes to the topic of like fears, right? I think a lot of the fears that go with the internet Rightfully so. I'm not disregarding them. I tend to say, hey, you know, if if something happens, we'll address it. Whereas that's a very reactionary way of looking at things. I think for her, it's more like, who's she talking to? And we probably shouldn't let them do that. And I think meeting in the middle on that has been good. Because I don't want to lock it down. Like there, I think it's only going to make them, and I'm speaking generally like about the entire internet, like social media, gaming, all of it. Like, you know, Penelope's almost 10, you know, she's going to start soon to interact. I don't want it to be such a novel concept to her that she just goes buck wild, that she's never been out of this cage that it's like, I got to share everything about me because I've been held back. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. do you let your kid have a beer before they're 21? You yeah. know, so that on their 21st birthday, they don't go out and drink an entire handle of vodka. <laughs> like you've heard those stories, right? Oh, yeah. and, I, and I'm not saying it's the same, you know, I'm, but I mean like giving your kids a little bit of a taste. And I don't mean alcohol. I'm talking about with this social and um, gaming experience, like, so that it's kind of like, yeah, uh-huh, so what? Like, I've done that, yeah. you know, and, you know, but not all at once, you know? And um, I feel like we've done a decent job of, like, 
kind of taking it as it comes. There's no like manual that comes with it. And I feel like we've, we've sort of broached the topics as they've come up. Like, okay, we don't want you talking to random dudes. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like on now that you have a headset, you know? And um, so she's not allowed to, she's only allowed to talk to people we know or that, she, that we know she knows, you know, they're, they're not just internet people, you know? And we've talked to her about people aren't always who they say they are. You know, it's been, it's given us a really good, I think, way to broach that topic. But we were kids, your parents would tell you, don't talk to strangers. And you probably didn't because talking to strangers was probably like, you'd have to like walk up and talk to a stranger. That's kind of weird, right? On the internet, it's different, especially with gaming. It's like someone just pops up in your Fortnite lobby and you have this instant connection. You have something in common already, you know, and it's a really easy way to start talking to people, which is good if you're a shy kid because you can meet friends, but probably not good because there's bad people out there that can use that, that, that entryway, you know? Um, So we've talked to her about that and I think it's been a good thing to allow us to, to give her a healthy, a healthy fear of people we don't know. Um, And she's, she's a really good kid. Like I can hear the, the kids who are speaking because she's not allowed to speak to them. So her headset's not on. So I'll hear them coming through the sound system that we have in our, our theater that they have set up. And so I can hear what they're saying. And, and there's been one kid who we don't know in real life. That's like a total sweetheart. He's been so kind to her. Uh, I, could, I know it's a kid. I could tell uh, they've been playing for two or three weeks where we, have not allowed her to speak to him. And now we do, you know, because I've been a fly on the wall for weeks listening to this kid, you know? And um, anyway, so I, we're, we're sort of taking it as it comes, you know? And, and you're what you're bringing up, like, like just being present and being a part of it, I think is such a huge deal. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And also this inevitability of technology and social media and, all the communications that go along with it is something that parents need to think about. I, I had a good conversation with another dad on this show, uh, Keith Brown, if you go back and listen to one of his episodes, but he talks about how he, you know, he realizes there are a lot of parents out there that don't want technology to be a part of everything that happens. And, but, but he's like, you know, my kid, it's going to be inevitable that they're going to be subjected to it. So we need to prepare them. Like this is a different generation from when you and I were growing up where the internet was just now a thing, you know, it's, it's a, and luckily for you and me, we have experience of what terrible things can occur on the internet. So we can at least be a fly on the wall. And I, and I think there's a fine line between, you know, being overly protective, but still kind of monitoring. And it sounds like you're doing a really good job of, of riding that line. So kudos to you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I mean, I think we had the invaluable experience of being able to say, hey, I, re- I remember before the internet, like our kids don't know that. They don't, they don't have a right. before the internet recollection, yeah. you know? And so like, this is just paranormal, you know? And like seeing a kid try to swipe a magazine page, 
will will really like reset you on that. Like you'll it, they do the one finger to, swipe trying to turn a page and yeah yeah like you just realize these kids have always known this this is they're normal and trying to protect them is one thing but trying to set up a world that doesn't exist and totally lock them out of it is maybe like regressive and probably not fair because they probably won't be ready for the things that are going to come at them and might make those mistakes that we're all worried about that they're going to make because they're going to make mistakes, you know, but like keeping them away from it is probably going to do more harm than help. I mean, I'll give you an example because it it does tie in. I mean, there's some parenting aspects involved in this, but I grew up in a very Greek Orthodox home. You know, we were at church on Sundays by 6 a.m., and we were leaving by 2 p.m. You know, I mean, it was crazy. We were the, the family that went to the service that was before the service that most people didn't even know was a service oh, wow. <laughs> at the church. And um, so, you know, to to sort of build on that, like our my father was from Greece. My, my mother is from here, but born to two Greek parents and everything in our life. Like I went to preschool speaking Greek. Like I didn't know that there was other people in the world that weren't Greek. So like, you know, I'm, I have an older brother and a younger sister on the middle child. But my point is like our parents very much set up this world for us of everything is Greek. Everybody's Greek. Don't talk to people that aren't Greek, but we were living in America, you know, I, and I know that this is a probably a totally different topic because there's cultural, especially in the DC area we live in, yeah. cultural implications of people that do live like that and they can live like that because you can completely insulate yourself in your own culture if you want right. to. Um, but I felt like as good as that was and, and it, while it gave us the sense of who we were and belonging to something, it also did us a disservice in that like when we were unleashed into this American world with American kids and American ways of life, like, there was a huge learning curve, socially speaking, you know. Um, and I, I to, to sort of bring that back to the gaming thing, I, I, I don't. I've like sort of wholly rejected that whole that aspect of locking it down and trying to raise them the way I was raised. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I don't blame you. Um, I, that's you know, I, I totally get that perspective because I think. I can't say that I was raised by that, like that, you know, by any stretch. In fact, you know, my dad is Cuban. My mom is, uh, is white, very mixed race. I got to see like a lot of the world and what, and what you're talking about there is so much a, um, a difference from my perspective. I think that's the beauty of the show and, and talking to people like you is hearing that background. And, and when you're talking about how you're approaching this topic of gaming and, just the internet and and the social aspect of the internet with your kids i can tell that like there's a lot of that background there coming into play are are you concerned about like that upbringing like when you were a kid how you were how you were raised there um you know the i don't want to say sheltered piece but if you were to you know think about how you're approaching your, with your kids, not just about gaming, but just anything in general, how are you uh, keeping that in mind with how you raise your kids in general? I think 
a lot of us, hopefully a lot of us, look at how we were raised and then want to build on that and, you know, want to give our kids the things that we didn't have. And, and I don't just mean like the physical materialistic things, but, you know, like the emotional things too, you know, like be that person you needed. Right. I, I really believe in that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it was a different era. Our parents' generation, you know, obviously saw parenting as a specific thing. And I think overall in general, um, I think our generation sees it differently too. Right. And, um, and I think that will continue to evolve. Obviously it has, I mean, I think that's the point, right. To continue to, to build and get better. And, but yeah, I mean, in everything we do, like I, I'm not hyper-focusing my kids on your Greek Orthodox, you know, and that be your whole sense of self or your whole sense of belonging. Like, yes, they know that they are and they've been baptized and, and they know who God is. Um, but we, we don't go every week to our Greek Orthodox church. In fact, we go to like a local non-denominational like rock and roll thing, you know, where they get up there and sing songs and the kids go to Sunday school and they, they love it. And they've learned so much, you know, about, about that aspect uh, and religion and God and how to be good people and learning good morals, you know, and like, I think that's what's, important you know in terms of building uh, this this family it's not just like a cookie cutter of this is what i did so i'm gonna repeat that right and i think culturally speaking like a lot of cultures expect that oh yes. this is how we yeah. raised you and this is how we expect you're gonna raise your kids and um you know I, I sort of wholly reject that like i want them to be the best person they can be you know, in a, in a round, a holistic, rounded out way, not just hyper focused on one community or that that judges if they're good or not. You know, and um, I think that served us well. I mean, they have all these different pockets of friends from different walks of life, whether it's school or their basketball team or their neighborhood. You know, like that sounds totally normal. Right to most people, but like when you grow up hyper focused in this one community, it's not like that. You yeah, know, for for a lot of cultures, you 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 kind of know one set of people, and and I don't I, I I do to bring it back to your question, like yeah, like maybe not so much for my wife, probably not something she thinks about because she didn't have that experience growing up, but for me, um, it is. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, the culture. Like, I love it. Like, love that aspect of me. And I'm still very connected to it. But um, there's more out there, you know? And, totally. Um, totally. So. And, and I think that you're you're really driving home a, a good piece here, bringing your kids into their own person, like, you know, and seeing a very well-rounded view of the world, making their own decisions based on that. I think there's a lot of empowerment that we can give to our kids when we do that. And I think it's, a lot of it is also bringing along the, the really, really good things around how you were raised, like, you know, p- 
being brought up in the church as somebody who's, you know, I'm Catholic and uh, grew up Catholic, still practicing Catholic today. Faith is important to us. And, you know, I mean, we, we, Aria is baptized. We're going to be baptizing Jake, just, you know, a, a quarantine and, and pandemic makes it a little hard to uh, splash holy water on a baby. Who knows? But, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of goodness and a lot of value that we can bring to our kids from our own experiences there. And, you know, this is a good kind of segue to your own father. I think that there's so much good value that you're talking about uh, that, that has been instilled into you that you can bring into your kids. So tell me about your dad and what are some of the ways that his influence on the way that you were raised, how are you bringing that into how you raise your girls? You know, um, he was an immigrant. Uh, he came here and became an American, you know, a naturalized citizen. And, uh, but he came here in the seventies. Um, and he worked, you know, he was one of those typical immigrant hardworking guys, you know, like, and you learn a lot from that. Um, I think myself in particular, I learned a lot from him and about him when I I flunked out of college my freshman year. Uh, I got a 1.6, and then they told me you had to get a better GPA, so I got a 1.7, <laughs> and then they <laughs> kicked me out. So um, I bring that up because in that time, my dad was like, hey – you're going to, you're going to go to work you're, you're going to come to work with me because you're going to learn like, this is what the rest of your life is going to be. And my dad was a brilliant man. He worked for Eastern airlines, which was an airlines that went out of business and it went out of business overnight. Um, and my literally one morning him and his colleagues woke up and didn't have jobs. It was sold and then went out of business. So, the point is, my dad had been here for I don't know, 15 or so years, and he had that invested in this company. At that time, when he came here, you didn't need a bachelor's degree to work at a uh, an airlines. Um, and then when it went under, all of a sudden, there's these new rules and regulations. Even though he had 15 years of experience, the man couldn't get a job. So he worked as a skycap, which is somebody who takes your luggage at the curb at, at, a, at the airport off tips. He did that job for the next 25 years um, into his 70s. And so anyway, long story short, when I flunked out of college, he taught me a very valuable lesson. He brought me to work that job. And it took me all but two or three early mornings freezing my tail off outside on the curb of Norfolk International Airport at four o'clock in the morning, you know, to realize I did not want to do this or this kind of manual type work for the rest of my life. And um, when I came back to school, I got another shot. <laughs> Dean's list, 3.9 GPA all the way through. So, <laughs> oh, wow. You know, the man taught me an incredible lesson. But to, to it wasn't just that. It was like I watched him come home from work every day. Uh, at noon because he would go in at four o'clock in the morning and work until noon. And, you know, and it was late seventies. So, you know, as, as I was a kid watching this dude, he's wearing at some point now, as he's in his sixties, as I'm, you know, in the home and watching, he's wearing like stuff that I would wear to like go play basketball. Like he's taking my old 
knee braces and he's wearing them. He's taking my old ACE bandages and wrapping his legs for, for blood flow. And, um, he's wearing like four pairs of underwear, um, because he's trying to, you know, uh, support himself from throwing out his, his back. I will say, um, I just remember like he was just unstoppable in that regard. Like he would just go and just every day he would just wake up and go. And I just, a, I couldn't do it even as a 20 year old. And, um, B, it just really taught me the value of hard work. He put three kids through college, you know, on $2 an hour and tips, you know, uh, it's pretty remarkable, you know? And, um, so that that aspect of what did I learn from my father and how do I bring that through to today for my kids? Um, unfortunately, he passed uh, a couple years ago. And so my kids, they talk about him, they remember him, but they really get to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to keep his memory alive by telling them stories. But it usually comes down to most of those stories are about that aspect of his life, just what a hard worker he was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't think he was a good parent, but the like emotional support element that I give my kids is not something that like he was, that wasn't his strong suit. You know what I mean? It just, he wasn't bad at it. It just wasn't like his department. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I feel you. And, um, and so that's what I try to do more of with my kids. I think it's different with, with girls in particular, like they need more of that. I feel like, um, and giving them those reassurances and And I feel like it was also like the times, right? Like when you and I were growing up, I mean, my, my dad was, was, you know, pretty open with me on some of that stuff, but I even look at like how I act with my kids versus how he acted with me, you know, I'm, I'm even more lovey dovey. And I feel like he was kind of lovey dovey on me a little bit, but, uh, that I feel like it was also of the times, right? Like back then that wasn't as normal for dads to do. And I think it's also kind of cool to see more dads being really emotional in front of their kids and like showing that sensitivity to their kids. It, 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 because I feel like that's repressed for a lot of men, unfortunately, in uh in society but i and i think that's cool to to see that being embraced now you know yeah i i think you're right like just that was their era right that was how men were yeah in that era and um you know it just he wasn't rigid he 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 wasn't like he was actually a pretty chill cool guy yeah um you know everybody liked him he was easy breezy you know um didn't talk much you know my mom could talk for hours so it was like he could barely get a word in right so but like you know it was but like everybody liked him like he was just easy breezy dude you know everybody knew he was just a hard worker and um you know he just he wasn't like absent by any means when it comes to this emotional element i'm talking about yeah he's always there to give you a hug and a laugh and a smile but like talking through some of those things that i could like talk through with my kids now is is like that availability that I'm talking about, you know, and and like this generation's gonna need that more. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot more complex 
you know, emotions that come now, particularly tying it back to technology. Oh, yeah. I'm, and I'm glad that you tied it back there because now that the social media and stuff is out there, I feel like we need to be more emotionally available for our kids than ever, especially with cyberbullying because they're getting basically, you know, kids get bullied 24 seven in, in some cases when you look at it. And the story that you're talking about with your dad is really reminiscent of, you know, my father and, and his lineage, you know, my, my dad Im- immigrated here from Cuba same sort of thing, like work, work, work. And I, and I got a lot of my work ethic from that, even, you know, passed down from my grandfather and from my dad. So I totally jive with you on that, man. And that's something that I hope to instill on my kids because we're afforded a lot of blessings. I'm in a very fortunate place in my life. Thanks to the sacrifices that, you know, not just my dad's family, but my mom's family have all kind of culminated to this point where I'm very fortunate to have the life that I have. And I hope that my kids continue to see that. And, and I'm sure that you're in the same boat. Um, it's yeah, man, tough. I think hard work is something that can be instilled. You know, A, they got to see it, you yeah. know, because I could tell them, hey, work hard. But like, if they just see things, because at this age, that's all they can un- kind of equate with work is like things and money right. just flowing in without anybody putting in any effort. <laughs> it's such a disservice, you know, like they feel like, yeah, you know, everything's just going to come easy. You know, and, and, uh, we, we show them my wife and I, you know, wife works, she works from home. Yeah, you got to put it in, you know, you got to put in your time, you got to put in your, your effort. And we instill that with other things too, like sports and, um, school and, and those things. Um, so that like, that's, I think the most important thing, like nothing's going to come easy. Right. You know, and I, I think that was what I watched my father do. Like as an immigrant in particular, nothing comes easy. Like you have to earn it. And then like, you have to like almost earn it twice Yeah, because a lot of people think you shouldn't have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as an immigrant, you, you know, and, yeah. um, particularly like not to get political, but like in the, in the current, times we live in you know yeah. um so it's yeah i mean that that whole thing is is what i learned from from him and you know really really smart guy i i also learned that like judgment of people we all do it you know like based on what job someone has you sometimes equate that with how smart they are mm-hmm. oh my goodness you know i learned that early in life because my dad was brilliant. Um, he could build anything. He could draw up a plan and have it done. Um, you know, but I think a lot of people didn't know that about him mm. just because they're probably judging based on here's the guy that takes my bags at the airport. Yeah. You know, so um, anyway, that's that's Yeah, man. Don't underestimate the little guy. I think that's it. It's incredible. Thanks so much for sharing that perspective on your on your dad. I, I really jived with that a lot uh, from my own experience. And, you know, just kind of thinking about now tying it back to, you know, this example that you're setting for your kids and, and you know, this streaming piece. What I always like to do is anybody who has a creative effort that they're working on, uh, that they have an opportunity to share that with uh, anybody who's listening to my show. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your streaming project that you have going with your daughters, um, and what, uh, and where people can check it out. Yep. We're on, uh, the channels Beej, uh, B E E E D G E. 
So uh, Beach, I mean, my name is BJ, but growing up, everybody called me Beach. It's pretty, it's like a slang, slang name. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, as I started gaming and sucking, I'd like yell at myself, like, come on, Beach. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody has this inner dialogue. Mine comes out uh, and I yell at myself when I, you know, get killed playing Call of Duty. But <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, I've got a little logo and everything. Like, we've had so much fun with it. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we're on all the channels like Facebook and Twitch, YouTube. And, um, I don't even know. They're all in the restream. I, I send my stream through restream and then just send it out to a bunch of different places. But, um, yeah, so they're on there and they love it. Like, they're like, hey, can we do a stream today? And, you know, sometimes I say no because I don't want them to think that we're only gaming for the popularity of it, you know, like just because someone's watching. You know, you got to do things right. just sometimes just for you you know and and uh that so we we actually play a lot more here than than people would know because we don't stream everything um but sometimes i i set i try to set it up for them and their friends you know their friends come over and we have a very limited group right now because of covid but uh in the neighborhood so we've got like two or three kids that come over and you know that's their crew and boy do they think it's cool you know getting in on the stream and going back and watching it on YouTube together. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, it's been a really good like bonding project, not just for us, me and my kids, but also like them and their friends. And um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been more fun than I can explain. Yeah, no, that's great, man. And I love that you're bringing the kids into it and, and thinking about how you, uh, you approach it kind of as like a little family project. That's, that's super cool. So yeah, I would encourage anybody who's got an interest in, you know, kind of seeing this dynamic of how you can game with your kids and in a really cool and responsible and respectful way. I think that's really rad. So go check that out. Um, you know, BJ, first of all, you, you've shared so much good wisdom on, you know, how you're approaching this, uh, this pandemic between, you know, how you were able to make, these take the silver lining from a really crappy situation that involved your, your father-in-law getting injured and COVID and everything, and then approaching gaming in a responsible way and, and how you're tackling the inevitability of, of social media and then talking about so much great, great, so many great examples that your dad brought into how you're parenting. You know, if you were to think of, you know, some words of wisdom, though, as, as we depart this conversation, talking to any parents out there who may be in a similar boat to you, facing struggles, and something that would help lift them up during this time, what sort of words of wisdom would you provide? I think sometimes we have trouble um, sort of getting out of our own head, you know, like seeing the big picture, you know, um, and, and I think that's important, like pause, you know, even though in this time where we've all had to pause our lives, like, like pause mentally for a moment and just take stock, you know, like most likely things are okay, you know, and as built up as we've, we've made them, uh, they're probably not that bad. You know, I'm not saying nobody's going through a hard time, but we all have silver linings. Like we all have good things that are happening and just try to focus on those things, you know, like for us, we've been very blessed. Kids are happy and healthy, you know, um, not everything's perfect in our lives though, but you know, I focus on that, 
you know, focus on the good, I think is um, important ever, probably ever more important right now. You know, it's so people get stuck, you know? Yeah. So you got to see that glass half full. I'm, and I'm, I'm always that type of person to see the glass half full. I I think that it's hard. I I also want to point that out. Like it's really hard when you're caught up in the moment to pull yourself out of that. And I know that from personal experience and anybody dealing with, you know, anxiety, depression and stuff like that, they, they get it. Uh, they get that struggle, but it's so important to figure out how you can mentally center yourself and see the good in whatever challenge that you're, that you're facing. Then that's a, that's a skill set worth developing. So very true. BJ, thank you so much for sharing that perspective. And, uh, yeah, been awesome, man. I appreciate you. Like, yeah. this is such a cool show. Great topic other dads i think like i think that's what i enjoyed like i know we got connected through tim i was just like listening to his episode it's just cool man like what you're doing is important i think for you know do do dads sit around like moms and like talk about being dads not a lot you know what i mean but like i think a lot of us do have a lot to share you know where moms are on like message boards and hey you know talking to their your friends on a group text about what's the best way to approach blah, blah, blah in my kid's life where dads don't really do that. So I think like this, this outlet you have is really cool. I, I, and kudos to you, man, for, for what you're doing. You're doing good work and, um, you know, thanks for letting me be part of it. Oh, thank you, man. Those are very kind words and appreciate you being on the show to everybody listening. Thanks again for being here. Our guest has been BJ Kuberless. Thanks again. Big thanks again to BJ for sharing his story today. I think perspective is everything when it comes to facing challenges. Seeing the silver lining in all of those situations has certainly helped a lot, and hopefully it has helped you. And if you'd like to comment on anything that we talked about today, I would encourage you to do so by emailing the Dad Chronicle Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to check out any other episodes that we do here, head over to thedadchronicle.com. And if you'd like to support the show, become a patron by heading over to supportadad.com. Thanks again for listening. And remember, be good to yourself and be good to others. Take care. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.